It is uh, the 11th of June. The weather is beautiful, but it's not Father's Day. That's next week. So be here next week. And if you know any fathers, bring them with you. And we'll celebrate all of us together. This week is just a day, but it's a blessed day. It is Sunday. It is the Lord's Day, and we are in the Lord's house together. And we are excited to worship the name of the Lord, our almighty Savior, Jesus Christ, and to have a blessed, spirit-filled, wonderful worship service and word this morning. You with me? All right. Let's open. I want to like a woo-hoo or something like that, but it's still a little subdued. We'll get there. All right, let's open in a word of prayer. Almighty Father, we are so blessed to be in the house today, Lord God, in your sanctuary. And we pray that as we come in this sanctuary, that as we submit ourselves to you this morning, our spirits, our bodies, our minds, to your purposes, mighty God, to your will, and to your blessings, God, because we know you hold blessings for your people today. And we pray, Heavenly Father, that you bless this service this morning, that you move mightily in this service this morning, mighty God. And that we all draw closer and nearer in communion with your spirit. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. All right, feel free to stand if you'd like. Let's begin with, great and mighty is the Lord our God.
to Tyler too and Katie too so let's remember Katie Haynes and Tyler Kenchel and Allie can receive this song on behalf of all of them like they do in the award show when the person doesn't show up to receive their award they may not know it I mean at least Allie can tell her brother but we're going to sing happy birthday Audrey's going to sing happy birthday take the time I think I've got the book over there in my in my uh, book stand there that says Jesus 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 never have I heard a name that thrills my soul like thine Jesus 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 oh what wondrous grace that links that lovely name with mine isn't that beautiful I won't sing it it's way 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 too high for me anyway I want to let you know that uh, since next week is Father's Day, 
We want to hear from you. I'm, I'm going to take the week off. How's that? No, I'm not. I'm kidding. The Lord's already given me the message, um, and I'm thankful for that. I love it when that happens. But it'll be very short, and I want you to come prepared to talk about your dad. And if you don't have one that you want to memorialize, and believe me, I know there are people who do not want to memorialize their father, then maybe there's someone else in your life who served the role of father, or you just want to give a general testimony. That's okay. But please come expecting to be called on to speak. Is that okay? I expect there's a good crowd here this morning. I expect all of you here next week to participate in this service. I wrote a tribute to our dad. And Jan, it's good to see your very, very, very strange face. I thought you were never coming back. <laughs> Not that your strange face is strange, but a stranger. <laughs> We're glad you're here. And Lori, thank you for being here. And Christy was here, I think, last week, but Allie hasn't been. So we're glad to have more of my family here with us this morning. I didn't mean your face was strange. I just meant a stranger to us. <laughs> and last week, as I kind of talked off the cuff a little bit about the trip that we made from here to Texas, I got quite a few things wrong, and I noticed it when I listened it back to it on the video that uh, Don posts on YouTube. For one, one thing, I know that Lori is older than Darren. I know that Doug was five and Don was 22 months. But either it didn't make any difference, really, in the whole telling of the story, or nobody was listening to me at all. So anyway... <laughs> I got a few things mixed up in that story. That's why I come with a script. <laughs> but you can do whatever you want. You can talk off the cuff next week, or you can write it out, or you can give a testimony. Is that okay? Yes. All right. Last Sunday morning, we heard a beautiful but very simple word from the Lord that told us repeatedly to follow him, to fear not, and to know that we are loved. And I want to focus on one thing this morning, and that is to follow Jesus. I prayed about this, and I pondered this over the earliest part of the week, especially before the Lord put this message in my heart, and I said, Lord, aren't I already following you? Now, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but maybe you asked the same question. Lord, am I not already past that point of decision in deciding that I'm going to walk with you and follow after you? As I prayed more and I did a little bit of research, I came across, and I mean research in the scriptures, I came across a quote of C.S. Lewis and hear this well because you're going to hear it over and over throughout this message this morning. It says, at its simplest, Christ's call was to follow me. He required men and women to give their personal allegiances. He invited them to learn, to obey, 
and to identify themselves with his cause. He went on to say, and this is what I will repeat several times, the important thing to know is that there can be no following without a previous forsaking. And so to follow Christ is to renounce all lesser loyalties. That is a powerful statement, and it packs a punch. So as we always do, we want to look at the Word of God and see what the Bible tells us this morning about following Jesus. There are at least six different passages. There are more, but there are at least six uh, passages of Scripture that record Jesus himself telling someone to follow him. All of the Gospels include this instruction, and Matthew has seven, uh, several, excuse me, and that's where we're going to look at this morning. Matthew chapter 16 is where we're going to start. Verse 24, then Jesus said, if anyone wishes to come after me, he must what? Deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whoever wishes to save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. For what will it profit a man if he gains the whole world and forfeits his soul? Or what will a man give in exchange for his soul? For the, man of, the Son of Man is going to come in the glory of his Father with his angels, and he will then repay every man according to his deeds. Do you notice here that Jesus didn't say that his followers must pick up his cross and follow him, but that we must pick up our own cross and follow him? What is our cross? What did Jesus mean when he said, pick up your cross well, Galatians 5.24 adds some color to this because it says that if any man be in Christ, he must crucify himself and put down his own flesh with all its passions and its desires. Just like C.S. Lewis said, there must be that previous forsaking and that renouncing of all lesser loyalties. That's a hard message for us to hear. I know that. It would be much easier to think that we'll always walk on rose-petaled paths instead of the hard, straight, and narrow, but that isn't what Jesus taught, is it? And the truth is that excess baggage that we carry on this road is simply not allowed. Airlines will allow you to purchase, as a passenger, a cardboard box that you can fill all your overflow items with. If you have overpacked your baggage, they will make you take it out, buy a box, not big, it's, you know, a standard, I would say a banker-sized box, and offload all of the things that are too heavy, too big to put in your luggage that causes it to be overweight 
into this box and then it will be shipped as uh, cargo on the same plane. But let me tell you, that is a very, very expensive option. How do I know this? When I worked in HR, I relocated thousands of people from all over the world, different countries, into the U.S. And I was their personal counselor, if you will, on the relocation. And they would always ask me, what do I do with my stuff? I have so much stuff. How am I going to bring it? And my answer was always the same. You won't. It was a hard message for them to hear as well. Because my response was, sell it. Give it away. Have a yard sale. Dump it. But don't bring it here. And you know why? Because our relocation allowance was a small amount in the scheme of things. And I told them, your stuff isn't going to do you any good when you get here. Half of it will be broken in the, in the shipment process. It, maybe it's already broken when you want to bring it, when it's, uh, before you ever leave your home country. You can't bring broken and unusable things with you. I'm still talking about following Jesus. The fact is that if the household goods are not in perfect shape or the perfect size or the perfect color or the perfect anything else, they're going to get it here and say, oops, I shouldn't have brought this with me. And it's too late then to make that decision. If their home country's electrical system is different than the U.S., and I would say almost every country is, I, I frankly don't know any countries that uh, electrical systems that are the same as here, then any electronic, any appliance, anything that plugs in is not going to work. And people would say to me, oh, it's okay, I'll just buy a converter. Yeah, try that. You'll blow up your item, your device, your appliance, and you'll blow up the converter, and you'll burn a hole in the wall. So then you'll really have a problem trying to carry excess baggage on the journey. So my point is, even though it's hard to hear, and even though it's hard to have that point of previous forsaking and renouncing of all lesser loyalties, it's necessary to follow Jesus. A good example of this is found in Matthew chapter 19, starting around verse 16. In this chapter, Jesus has the conversation with the rich young ruler who asks him, Two misguided questions. Number one, he says, what good thing can I do to obtain eternal life? And Jesus replied, if you wish to enter into eternal life, keep the commandments. To which the young man replied, oh, I've done this all my life from my youth. So Jesus asked the man, excuse me, the man asked Jesus his second misguided question well, then what am I still lacking? And in verse 21 in chapter 19, 
Jesus gets much more specific and he brings the matter closer to home that if he wishes to be complete or whole or perfect, depending on which translation you're reading, that he must sell his possessions and give to the poor, a forsaking. Then Jesus added, and then you will have treasure in heaven and can come and follow me. First, the forsaking. Settle eternity first and then follow me. But the scripture says that the man went away sorrowful for he had many possessions and he couldn't bring himself to do the forsaking. He thought he could take the easy way out on that rose-petaled path and just use part of his great wealth to buy his salvation and then perform some act of service, some good thing, the Bible says, that wouldn't really cost him anything important. But when he found out that neither his acts of service nor his money and his acts of service, which were based on his self-righteous uh, viewpoint of himself that he had done all these things since his childhood, nor his money which belonged to the world system which he loved so much. He became disillusioned with following Christ and it wasn't so important anymore because he just couldn't let go and forsake that excess baggage. Jesus' disciples overheard this conversation, and they, get, they got very concerned and dismayed and asked Jesus, well, if a rich man can't go to heaven, then who can go? And two times Jesus told them, yes, it's hard for a rich man to let go of that excess baggage and renounce all lesser loyalties in order to go to heaven. But Jesus qualified that statement by saying, though it's impossible with man, it, nothing is impossible with God, and he can make a way if the heart is willing. If you look at verse 27, Peter said to him, behold, we have left everything. You remember Jesus called them from their fishing boat and they walked away from it all. They left an enormously full boat full of fish and followed Jesus. And so Peter's saying, we left everything to follow you. What then will be our state? In verse 28, Jesus said to them, truly I say to you that you who have followed me in the regeneration, when the Son of Man will sit in his glorious throne, you also shall sit upon twelve thrones, judging the twelve tribes of Israel. That's verse 28. So the disciples have their reward settled already. And what about us? Look at verse 29. And everyone who has left houses or brothers or sisters, or father, or mother, children, or farms, for my name's sake, will receive many times as much, and will inherit 
eternal life. He made a way for everyone, and this is the believer's reward. But then Jesus cautioned them, verse 30, and he said, But many who are first, according to this world's calculator, will be last, and the last also according to this world's order, who those who have previously forsaken and then renounced all those lesser loyalties, they will be first to enter into the kingdom of heaven. It's Bible. Luke chapter 14 tells us that if anyone comes to Christ and does not hate his own father and mother and wife and children and brothers and sisters, yes, and even his own life, he cannot be my disciple. Forsaking and renouncing all lesser loyalties. We know that Jesus didn't mean that you have to hate your parents or your siblings or whatever. It means that you put nothing above your allegiance to Christ. Do we say then, like the rich young ruler, <clears throat> I would rather do a good deed and just pay my way to settle my eternal salvation? Put me on the easy installment plan? Or instead, we're willing to take the costly plan, the plan that requires more sacrifice of those fleshly desires and passions, the plan that requires crucifying our flesh and leaving behind excess baggage. That hurts our pride. It hurts our self. But if we forsake what isn't usable by God, if we renounce every lesser loyalty in our lives and we surrender it all unto God's regeneration power through the Holy Spirit, he makes us like him. I used to watch a do-it-yourself program on HGTV, that was the greatest thing I ever saw in my whole life. I just loved that channel. I'd watch it all the chances I had, how to turn a room around and do something new in it. And this program was called Room by Room. They would move through a house. It was, a, it was not a husband and wife. It was just a, a man and a woman who joined a partner or made a partnership with each other in building and remodeling. And they would go room by room through a house and remodel those rooms. That's how I think it is when we're following the Lord. When we have allowed him to change us through his regeneration power. 2 Corinthians 5 and 17 says that if we are in Christ, we become a new creation. And that old man that lived to himself fades away. And in its place, through the regenerating power of the Holy Spirit, that new man starts budding out leaves of new life. Room by room, passion by passion, desire by desire, 
as we surrender them to him, we're miraculously changed into something beautiful and something usable by God. It's a step-by-step journey to follow Jesus. It's not one and done. It's a daily step-by-step, previously forsaking all that stuff and renouncing all lesser loyalties to follow hard after him. Will you stand with me? Lord, the point of decision has been made. We know that there is nothing that this world offers. God, we know that our lives are fully and wholly dependent upon you for eternal life, for life in this world, Lord. Oh, how we need the infilling and the fullness of the Holy Spirit to have that regeneration power work in us room by room. And oh God, I pray this morning especially for our will, that we will turn over our will to you and allow that regeneration to take place in our minds, in our hearts, in those rooms of our hearts, Lord. I know sometimes when I'm in prayer, your precious Holy Spirit will turn a light on and I'll see something that was not usable by you. Oh God, help me to be willing to let it go, to forsake it, and realize, Lord, that I need to renounce anything that I would put on par with you. For Lord, as we're walking this path, we must keep our eyes upon you and stay behind you in this walk. Oh, make it possible for us this morning, Lord. If there's one that's been off the path, oh God, I pray that you draw them in. I pray that you bring them into your heart, oh Lord, and let them see where they might need to do another forsaking, another clean out, and another renouncing of all lesser loyalties. Oh, we thank you for your spirit here today. We thank you for this word, Lord Jesus. I pray, Lord, that you would prepare our hearts to go from here with the joy of the Lord spilling out into this dark, dark world that we are living in. And keep us in your power and your protection. In Jesus' precious name, amen and amen.